it was almost two weeks since we our first date. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really wonderful because you recognize that I was like, the communication is not what I expected. And you're like, okay, well, how can I communicate with you over this next, like while you're visiting mm -hmm. your mom, mm -hmm. like, what do you need from me? Mm -hmm. And that was I were like really thoughtful and I appreciated mm -hmm. it a lot. Um, and I think I just said like, just check in a couple of days or something. Um, but it was showed like you were interested and heard my needs. So that was really wonderful. Right, right, definitely. I think in that exchange about you heading out of town and our, us trying to plan our second date, I think I was like, oh, you're gonna make me wait that long. <laughs> and uh, it was back to that playful banter mm -hmm. of like, okay, we, we got past that first conscious text message exchange and now we're, um, we're planning a second date. And this is another like key moment of consciousness that is a big part of our story that I think can help other people is you're going out of town. That's great. Have a safe trip. Uh, you're helping your mom move. That's awesome. What do you need from me while you're out yeah. of town before our next date? And you just ask for uh, one check-in, I think. Yeah. Check in with me once or twice while I'm gone. Yeah. I'm like, is that it? Like, <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is Dave Glazer in Denver, Colorado. So excited to invite my special guest on the podcast today. Jess White and I have been dating almost six months now. And if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you'll have heard me say things like live publicly, date privately. And while that's still a very good principle to live by and something that um, I'm committed to doing, what it means to me now is that not everything that occurs in my relationship is public information. But what happened when Jess and I got even deeper into talking about the Enneagram, talking about attachment theory, talking about what consciousness means to us in our relationship, we came to a point where we had both felt a pull and a tug towards sharing all of that with other people. We both feel and our intentions today are to share with you what consciousness in a relationship sounds like and feels like in the first three dates that we went on. Jess and I met on Hinge and we had a couple of weeks worth of texting and chatting that way before our first date and then another couple of weeks in between our first and our second date. So what you're going to get out of today's conversation, I hope is as much fun as we had recording it as well as some tips to date during a global pandemic, the coronavirus, as it, as it remains still a health issue and um, at the forefront of so many people's minds. But we're going to answer a few of those questions about how we went about having that conversation over the course of our first three dates, as it pertains to how we set boundaries with each other and how we approached the conversation and communicated about it. That's not the only thing that we dig into today. We dig into how being aware of our attachment styles ahead of our first date was a big win for us, as well as just stepping into something I'm very interested in, which is learning more about her Enneagram Type 7, the enthusiast personality type. So sit back, relax, grab a pen and a paper, or simply just enjoy the conversation that Jess and I have today about the first three dates in our relationship. If you love this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and leave us a written review. It really goes a long way to help get the message of the podcast out to more people. 
Also, if you feel as if you know somebody who would benefit from the message that we shared today, please share this episode on social media, tag us on Instagram, and we'll be happy to connect with you there at Believe, Be Real, Be Bold. Without further delay, let's get into today's episode with my partner, Jess White. Hi, Jess. <laughs> Hi, Dave. Hi. I'll say I'm an eight. Okay. Uh huh. And you'll say I'm a seven. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an avoidant attachment style. I'm an anxious attachment style. Mm -hmm. We met on Hinge. Yes. But before that, I think it's valuable to talk about our stories before then, before we met. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's start at the beginning of Shelter in Place. Where were you at during that time? Yeah, I can't imagine what like an enthusiast who's an introvert who has to shelter in place in quarantine is going to go through. So um, <laughs> thank you very much for sharing that. Um, I too was taking time off of, from dating from January until what ended up being the end of May. So like in the context of dating, sheltering in place was not hard for me. And I knew that I needed a reset and I needed a reboot. And the time at home was really welcome for me at the time. Yeah, after two weeks, I'm like, <laughs> I need to see some people. So um, we have neighbors in the building on the same floor at the other corner. Um, Kat, you met, and Jenna. I don't know if you've met Jenna, but uh, we're standing out on our balconies talking to each other um, from four units down. And I remember saying, good thing this didn't happen in December because we wouldn't be able to do this as much. Like get outside. Yeah. Uh, I was taking daily walks with Chloe around the park which she hated, but <laughs> I knew I needed. Yeah. <laughs> she gives me the eyebrow raise there. <laughs> so uh, for me, it wasn't like as bad as you might expect because I had already built an online training program over the last four years. Yeah. So I really, after a couple of days of wallowing in my own shit, I'm like, well, I have a solution here. I have an outlet. So why don't I just start serving my clients through the online process that I had already done? So, um, I didn't get unemployment being self-employed the year before. I think I totaled like $400 from unemployment. So for the time it took to sign up for it, what I got out of it, not worth it. Because my time is worth so much more elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I spent from like March and April through pretty much the end of my birthday, like just focusing on that. And then when fall started to roll around, I'm like, okay, let me see what's available on Hinge. You know, let me see what's out there. And we met at the end of August, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I think. Because our, our first date was the Friday before Labor Day. Maybe September 1st then or 2nd? Something, something like, like that. Yeah. And so we met on Hinge and it was a Sunday. That's what I remember. <laughs> what was your opening line? Do you remember? <laughs> no, I don't remember. Yeah, I think you, uh, now, that I, now that we've known each other for a while, I know that Sunday is a work day for you. Mm. So Sundays are normally like my day off where yeah. I don't do much. So I was uh, surprised when you opened with, Hey, how's your Sunday going? And it was super simple. It was way better than just a, Hey, yeah. Or <laughs> what's up? Or You got to have a better opener than just, Hey. Oh, yeah. I usually don't, didn't respond to, Hey, it was like, all right, well, that person doesn't have any real interest. <laughs> They're just like dipping, <laughs> dipping their toe in. Yeah. Hmm, that's a great question. I think. I don't know, like boundaries for yourself and like, what do you actually enjoy? Because there was a period in my life where I would say yes to everything and be like, why am I sitting here for two hours, like watching this football game? I don't mm -hmm. want to be here. Mm -hmm. um, 
maybe just suffering through enough experiences that I didn't like and like, am I really gonna miss out if I like create this boundary and like do self-care or just go do something I know I will like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think also like my upbringing, um, I just didn't have a very playful childhood. So it was like, I didn't get, I'm sure like an enthusiast seven as a kid is just like, let's do everything. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's kids in general. That's true. That's very true. And what, and what we know about the Enneagram is that it becomes solidified like later in teenage years or mm. like young adulthood. So all, all kids have all nine types and they show yeah. them like on a daily basis of like, well, if a two-year-old is going to throw a tantrum, that might be more like an eight. <laughs> they're like, I didn't get what I wanted. So I'm going to throw a tantrum here. Or like, a child who's resembling a seven at the time the enthusiast is like oh yeah let's go to the water park and then let's go to the library and then let's go get ice cream and then (laughs) you know how kids just have that energy Mm -hmm. that most adults don't have because like there's a lot of reasons why yeah but our our type gets solidified in those teenage years late adolescence and so like every kid's an enthusiast in a way and so let's not jump too far ahead but let's talk about our first date and getting up to that point Okay. Like, and we can talk about how the Enneagram and attachment theory started even before we met. Ah, yes. Right? Yeah. I think, I don't know exactly how it started in conversation, but I know it was brought up and then you gave me the resource. Maybe I just looked mm-hmm. it up, looked up like the both, Enneagram yeah. and yeah. checked out my type and then talked to you about it. And then you gave mm-hmm. me more resources. I think that's how it worked out. Yeah. One of my prompts on Hinge was like, don't hate me if I talk endlessly or talk too much about the Enneagram mm. attachment theory. And I don't remember my third answer to that prompt, but like um, my other prompt that caught your eye, you told me this before, is like, what are my love languages? Yeah. Physical touch, quality time, and memes. Yes. <laughs> but what I find funny is over the last five months or so is like, we don't share that many memes. <laughs> I feel like it's like gotten... It's improving though. I feel like we're finally understanding each other's humor better. Yeah, that's that's definitely yeah. true. And the first meme that I did send you, <laughs> uh, actually, this is this is a key point of the story is because like you asked me about memes. Yeah. And you asked me about my sense of humor, and I mentioned that like, oh well, hinge you can't send pictures through through the messenger part, which saves women a lot of dick pics from what I hear. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> I've never been tempted to do that, but, (laughs) (laughs) but maybe now that we know each other. Um, So I think that I said, yeah, I have a ton of memes in my phone, but I can't send them to you um, through the messenger app. Here's my number, shoot me a text and I'll send you the meme. And that was my way of giving you my number and, and asking you to take the next step of like, all right, she's going to show some interest here or not. And then we know where we stand before we meet. And then I shared that meme with you. I don't remember exactly what it said, but your response said like, maybe we think, uh, maybe we have a different sense of humor about what we think is funny memes <laughs> or something like that. Do you remember it all? Well, so <laughs> I think yours was something about a joke about, would you be okay if this conversation was screenshotted and showed oh, to my best friends right, or something right, like right. that. <laughs> yeah. before you send me that message are you okay with it being screenshotted to my best friend yes something yes, like that yes yeah. and I was just like uh, I mean I I kind of get why it's funny but it's not like 
it's not roll on the floor laughing, yeah, but yeah. I'm not a roll on the floor laughing kind of person. Sometimes, maybe. Yes, I don't know if that's true, but I think <laughs> maybe you were just in your like work mindset when you said mm. that too, is the other thing I thought later. I was like, mm. oh, well, it's very like dating and relationship related. Oh yeah, because I didn't really hide the podcast at all. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I definitely wasn't hiding that part of what I'm passionate about. And getting back to the Enneagram and attachment, because I've mentioned it in my Hinge profile, you asked me like, hey, what other resources do you recommend? Mm -hmm. And I shot you ninetypes.com. And I also told you about Attached by Amir Levine. Mm -hmm. So that's how Enneagram and attachment theory came up before we even met or before yeah. I even first date or before we even really talked about going out on a first date. This is true. Yeah. So how did, like you said before that, oh, this is really interesting. It's another way to get to know myself, but yeah. how the hell did that not scare you off? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was wanting somebody that was a conscious partner and was aware of like, aware of themselves and wanted to continuously grow throughout their lives. And so for me, it was just like, cool, that's another level of self-awareness. It definitely wasn't a turn off or like, wow, this guy's getting way too deep too quick or anything, mm -hmm. especially because it wasn't like you analyzing me for what <laughs> I told you or like, it was just like, here's some resources about things that I'm interested in. It wasn't um, mm -hmm. in my face or boxing me in in any way. Okay, that's fair. Thanks. Yeah. Um, definitely how I was trying to approach it, that's for sure, <laughs> of simply just sharing something that I'm passionate about and, and welcoming you to step into that space that was created there. Yeah. And it's totally okay if like you didn't respond back with huge amounts of enthusiasm because like not everybody, not everybody is aware of it, yeah. but you said, okay, I was looking for a conscious partner. I'm a conscious partner podcast episode over, right? <laughs> like we don't have to talk about anything else because that's just like how we went from pre-first date to here. That's true. <laughs> in, a mean, way, in a way, yes. But when we talked first about you coming on as a guest of the podcast, and then I asked you what our intentions would be for the mm. episode, you came back with an answer that was like, so similar to how I perceive it. Kind of sum that up for me just a little bit before we move on to our first date <laughs> and how we got there. Um, so definitely bringing, I think I said something like, like the level of consciousness we bring to our relationship isn't highly prevalent in a lot of relationships. And so being able to share that with people and share like the messy journey of it all, cause it's not like, it's not rainbows all the time, but it's also like this beautiful way to create a deeper connection with each other and with ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and being able to share that and share our journey so people can find their truths within that too. Mm -hmm. um, and leading people to resources and just seeing how our two different worlds of resources collided too. Yeah, they definitely collided, that's yeah. for sure. And is that part of the gifts that you want to give to the world? I agree with that, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you told me your intention last week, that's what stood out at me. It's like, Jess was looking for her purpose. It's something that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And purpose is strong in the masculine energy, but the gift that you can give to your world is strong in the feminine energy. And so that's been a that's been an exploration for us both. Yeah. Is like, yeah, the podcast is my gift to the world. That's for sure. It's part of my purpose too, of fitness, nutrition, and personal growth for mental health. And what areas do we struggle in most and how much impact can they have on one person's lives or a hundred people's lives? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. The thing about purpose 
is it, it's got to be strong enough that you'll do it for free for one person <laughs> or a thousand. Mm. And then eventually, if it's willing to be, you'll eventually get paid for it. If that's your purpose too. Like you could yeah. run your entire purpose or your gift to the world without ever getting paid for it. And that's how you know it's strong enough. So thanks for being here. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to set the container for uh, what we were intending to get out of today's conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good way to sum it up. And I appreciate that, definitely. So that brings us up to our first coffee date. <laughs> but I don't drink coffee. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I bought you coffee. Mm -hmm. And it was nice enough that we sat outside. Yeah. But it was nice enough that we had to move into the shade, too. Yeah, like, really nice. it was so hot. And we were there for a while. Hour, yeah, hour, hour and a half, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I asked people to submit questions ahead of time. And, and one of my oldest friends uh, who I used to work with before my business got started. So this has to be more than 10 years ago that I've known Heather, but she wanted to know what it was about our personalities that attracted us to each mm. other. Like we talked a little uh, bit about the wit back and forth yes. of um, the water balloon fight, but other, other things like first impressions of about personality on a first date. How can we answer Heather's question best? So like who we interpreted each other as before showing up to the first date? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because in, yeah. in the land of quarantine, like I encourage people to be more selective on who they yeah. go to first dates in person. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, we did talk for a while. I think maybe like two weeks or something mm -hmm. before we met. And I mm -hmm. think that helped a lot. Um, I loved that there was like the consciousness piece. There was the humor piece. I thought you were very attractive. So that didn't hurt either. Thank you. Um, I think I might have actually listened to some of your podcasts before. Which I think you did. Which was a cool thing to like, like who gets that window in on somebody. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So that was good to just see a little bit more of your personality in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just felt like we had a good rapport and a good balance of a lot of things that I was looking for. Um, and I felt like very respected and didn't feel like anything felt creepy or off or like this person's really not interested. It seemed very consistent. Yeah, okay. Like uh, reciprocal yeah. on exchanging communication. I yeah. think uh, since getting to know each other and setting our values together, communication is one of our values yeah, as, a, as a partnership. Mm -hmm. So even before like you have that conversation with a partner of like, hey, babe, what are our values in this relationship? <laughs> uh, it's, my, it's my integrity, it's in alignment for me to actually have those values be present and embodied before like we even have to talk about it or before we even met. Because like okay. if I'm not a, if I'm not a good communicator before we meet by an app or whatever or on our first date, then I'm not gonna switch it on yeah. after we meet for the first time. That's not a truly authentic person. Yeah. Does that resonate? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, another thing that helped me in, I think it might have been like a month before we met. Um, I did this called life book where you basically go through 12 categories it breaks your whole life and down into 12 categories like relationship family character like all these different things health um and one of the things was like relationship like your romantic partnership and I just got super clear on what I wanted and that really helped me 
be like, okay, this is what I'm gonna like call in and this is what I'm gonna like, if they don't match up to it, then just walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to get really clear and also don't get too specific. Cause I think sometimes people are like, well, they must have brown hair and blue eyes. And I'm like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shy on the blue eyes. I definitely yeah. don't have that. <laughs> I think it's more about like, what kind of person do you want to be your partner and how do you want to show up in your partnership? Not mm-hmm. necessarily like, physical attributes or mm-hmm. how much money they make just something mm-hmm. that's like doesn't really matter yeah I, I remember you talked about lifebook before we met on our first date mm-hmm. and then we got yeah. the chance to talk about that on our first date too so um how'd you come across lifebook and thank you very much for doing that <laughs> that <laughs> exercise um and getting clear on what you were looking for yeah um I think I don't I can't remember exactly how I came across Mind Valley, but it's basically an app that has a whole bunch of different like personal growth, um, consciousness, even that talks a lot about health too, but there's all these different programs you can do within it. Um, so I think most of them cost money. Um, I can't remember. Like, I think I found it on an ad, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think I was watching a YouTube video and it came up as an ad and I was like, I'll check it out. And mm-hmm. then I was like, wow, okay, cool. Um, it definitely wasn't incredibly cheap, but it was like, this seems like it'll really give me some clarity in all aspects of my life. So it was totally mm-hmm. worth it. Mm-hmm. Brought me you, so it was totally <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what stands out at me is, um, the value I was looking for in a partner, probably first and foremost, at least it was near the top is growth minded. Mm-hmm. Like having a growth mindset, um, helps me, in, um, helps me understand that my partner, when agreed upon is going to like make that effort of like, all right, we're going to go through some stuff yeah, and let's grow through it together instead of, um, just bailing weights like immediately. Yeah. That's one way that a growth mindset shows up in a relationship, but other ways too, like you were investing in yourself before I came along, like, and that's really important value for me because if you do it before you're in a relationship with me, then I hope that you do it for yourself while you're in a relationship yeah. with me too. And since we've gotten together, you also have done like uh, Tony Robbins, like David Destiny, but it's all virtual. Yeah. 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 You got to witness a little piece of that. And you had done, you had set that aside that week in December before we met. Yes. Yeah. That was, I think I set it aside right after, um, Unleash the Power Within? Well, so I committed at Unleash the Power Within to do Master University, which is like two of Tony Robbins' programs, and you like make a financial commitment, and they're paid monthly on it, and once you pay off one of the programs, you could then sign up for it. And so I had signed up for the live event that was supposed to happen um, in December, and then they had to transition to virtual because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so um, I wasn't super stoked because like, I'm such a kinesthetic person and a physical person that I was like, darn it. Mm-hmm. I like, want the visceral experience of it because it is kind of like a rock concert blended with personal growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the way that he focuses on changing your nervous system is really cool, like through that experience. Um, but anyways, it was still an amazing experience and I'm really glad I committed to it. And it was a different level of having to push myself because I didn't have the energy of the whole party around me Mm -hmm. so yeah we'll get to that I'm sure in the 
like the next part of our conversations, but we still haven't gotten to our first date yet. Really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, understanding that um, self-awareness is another value of mine that I um, brought to my life before we met. Um, understanding myself through the Enneagram, but also uh, attachment theory was uh, mm. something I was pursuing more self-awareness in, um, whether I had a partner or not. But understanding myself as an avoidant attachment style, and then earlier in 2020, getting even clearer on the fearful avoidant attachment style. And before we met, I knew you you were familiar with an or anxious attachment style. Mm-hmm. But did you have any reservations about like meeting up with somebody who knows they're avoidant and understanding that polarity and that magnetism mm-hmm. that can either <clears throat> attract the two types or repel the two types? Or were you familiar with that before we met? I was familiar with like, of the types from school, like from learning about attachment theory and in regards to children. But I didn't, at that time, I did not really think about the dynamic it would create in relationship. So it was interesting. Like I knew I was anxious attached. And so you, like when I walking into it, I was more thinking about like, what do I need to learn more about myself? And I wasn't so much thinking about like what you would bring as, as an avoidant, which mm. is probably a blessing because I was just like, yeah. didn't even really think about it. <laughs> yeah, overthinking an attachment style can um, can definitely project some things onto a perfect stranger because that's who we were when we were meeting up for the first time. And I like what you say about understanding yourself better through that lens of the anxious attachment style. And, and that's where I was at also of like, okay, I'm conscious and aware of avoidant attachment style and now fearful avoidant, which helps me understand an anxious attachment style better, but that's not the the clear cut point that I was going to try and make. I was going to say that how can I move from avoidant tendencies to a more securely attached mm-hmm. foundation? Yeah. And that was my approach. And, and I think what helped me more or helped me most in our context, in our first date is like, oh, we labeled it. Mm, like I'm not hiding any anything about my avoidant tendencies with shame or anything like that and you weren't um hiding from your anxious attachment style either and I kept an open mind about us because my goal was like how do I find a secure secure attachment Mm -hmm. and understanding now through the the unit we watched with Connor and Vienna together of like okay here's how we can work to a securely attached place Mm -hmm. But that comes much later in our story. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about our first date (laughs) and you as an anxiously attached person and me as an avoidant, um, not having any, any time really to think on that, to ponder on that. What has been your experience so far? Like reflecting back on the first couple of dates, Mm. What's, what's been your experience? Like using that lens to reflect mm, on the Yeah, yeah. Let's go there. Let's definitely reflect back on that first date, understanding a little bit more about that dynamic now. Um, well, I think like the, the polarity of it is interesting because in the past, and I've learned this through our relationship thus far, I've been with people that are like avoid and attached, but they are not consciously aware of it Mm -hmm. and then so it creates a really bad dynamic with me but I 
associated it with love, like that feeling of like yearning and like constantly thinking about the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, love versus an activated at- attachment style. Yeah, yeah. And so I wouldn't say you like activated my attachment style, <laughs> at least. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that there is, I mean, we had chemistry in a lot of realms. Um, and so that was part of it, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe me reaching out the fifth day after (laughs) and being like, why haven't you talked to me? was definitely more of an anxious um, approach. I didn't quite say why haven't you talked to me, but Mm -hmm. um, texting and being like, so I haven't heard from you. So I think you're probably not interested in me. Like, good luck out there. (laughs) You're like, wait, what? (laughs) And I think that's definitely where it showed up for both Mm -hmm. of us, honestly. Oh, the first experience of it Yeah, like the communication after the first date. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually challenge you on that when we get to it, but let's go back to the first date. Um, I remember um, being surprised of like, wow, Jess is really good looking in person. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had recognized my attraction to you through the Hinge profile and your pictures there, and then our conversation since. But like when you showed up in person, you were late, by the way. Yes, very late. Which is... Is me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not so much like high up on my list of values that my partner be punctual. So it's never really been an issue. And you clarified a couple weeks in of like, when I know it's important to you, Dave, I'll do my best to show up on time. Yeah. Like when you met my mom for the first yeah. time and we had lunch for them. You made an effort there. And all the other times it's like 10 or 15 minutes, you know, no big deal. You were late to both of our first dates, actually. <laughs> the two first dates. Um so you were late and then I shook your hand and we put our masks back on to go into the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. I bought you coffee. I think I had soda water because I don't drink much coffee. It just bothers me, you know? Mm-hmm. So on our first date, I recall having conversations that I would never have thought <laughs> I would have with a first date in the past of like opening up the door to a family secret where my dad was married before my mom. And I didn't find that out until I was 16. Well, I shared that in pretty much that same way, not too many other details, because I don't know that many other details. Um, And then you were able to share back at me, and I'm like, wow, we got deeper on a first date than I normally go. Mm -hmm. Is that growth in me? These were my questions. Is that growth in me, or is that just um, the dynamic that we were bringing into the the first date, because we had had gotten a little bit deeper over text and Mm -hmm. over... We didn't have a phone call and we didn't have a FaceTime because um, you're an Android user. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess we should have put that in the intro. I'm Apple, she's Android. So being left on red is not part of our relationship. <laughs> Thank God. I know. Especially for the anxiously attached. That's the whole reason I have an Android. Just kidding. <laughs> I think it's a benefit. It really is. Like I'm part of an anxiously attached group on Facebook and there's probably 7,000 people in this group. And I see that more often than others. It's like my BF left me, my DABF left me on red last night. I'm freaking out, da, 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 da. And I'm so glad it's not a part of our dynamic. And I feel like we could spend an entire podcast episode <laughs> just on being left on red. Yes, that's true. Um, so what were we talking about? We were talking about going deeper mm-hmm. on our first date. And I was surprised at myself that I was able to do that feeling comfortable and feeling comfortable enough to be vulnerable which we know for a challenger is really hard 
but even from the first date, you crack the shell <laughs> of the crab as crack, you crack the crab. Crack the crab. Because <laughs> I'm a cancer and an eight. So we got the double whammy of um, the hard exterior, soft interior. So even from the first date, you, <laughs> you got me there. Yeah, uh -huh. That's true. And then I walked you to your car and it was the first miscommunication we had. Oh, yes. Where I said, I'll talk to you soon. I gave you a hug. And then we said, we said goodbye. Yeah. You didn't hear me say, yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Yep, didn't hear that. And so now we can, now we can move forward to what you were referencing earlier. Like, <laughs> why haven't you reached out to me for five days? So uh, it's the next Tuesday after Labor Day. Mm -hmm. And you reached out and you texted me what? I said um, something along the lines of I like haven't heard from you, so I'm gonna like assume that you're not interested. Like best of luck out there. Mm -hmm. And you said, what did you say? Um, <laughs> I think I said, hey, it's good to hear from you. I'm curious as to why you would say that, um, because that's not the case at all. Tell me more about that. I think was my yeah, text and response. Something like that. And I, I said, I think something along the lines of like, well, it's been five days mm -hmm. and that's like not what I would expect. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm happy to hear that you are interested. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if you went any further with explaining, like, or I went further with explaining. Right. But yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel as if it was necessary, but I think this is a key part of the story that we, that we are intending to share today is like the first moment of consciousness. Mm. Yeah, we're talking about being self-aware of our avoidant and anxious attachment styles before our first date. I think that's a great takeaway also of like, okay, what can we learn about ourselves before we get into a dating scenario with somebody who has the polarity because they naturally gravitate to each other, even through apps. Like it is <laughs> confounding of how many times an anxious avoidant trap gets started on a nap. And that's just our subconscious, like being projected onto uh, five pictures, five prompts, and four messages back and forth <laughs> before you start to, to discover if you're interested in this person. More on that later, because I think we could spend 10 episodes <laughs> on just the avoidant anxious tap, trap starting from a, uh, but a dating app. Would you, would you agree? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're getting to the first point or opportunity for consciousness in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I want to, I kind of want to focus on this here because it was, it was a turning point because mm -hmm. we each could have said thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Which is what you're trying to do, but, it, but you still reached out. Yeah. Like you didn't simply just leave it at that as like, oh, four or five days has gone by. I'm going to take it as not interested and not reach out yourself. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. So yeah. why take that leap? I think it wasn't like, maybe he's interested, but probably not kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and also for me, like the, the ghosting thing has never been a thing that I enjoy. And so to just be like, thanks. It was great meeting you. Mm -hmm. Have a great life kind of thing. Um, has always been my approach anyways even if I didn't wasn't interested I wouldn't just be like well never texted that guy okay like it's just I, I I like to have that closure and give people that closure yeah Denver's a small enough town you might be <laughs> later on down the road 
<laughs> with your new partner and it could be completely <laughs> awkward. But yeah. what I'm hearing you say is that like dating ethically is part of your values. Mm, yes. And you were, you were bringing that to the table in this, um, in this first moment of consciousness for us both of like, you had expectations. We've talked about this since. So mm. I feel like we can, we can label this. Yeah. Um, you had expectations of how many days it would take somebody to reach back out after the first date. Yeah. Um, it was Labor Day weekend for me. And I had um, set aside that weekend for recovery. Um, I wasn't working Saturday through Friday, uh, Saturday through Monday. So my intention, my story that I had created around this time was like, okay, focus on me, recover, and then get back to work on Tuesday. So that was like me recentering and refocusing here. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't necessarily have a plan of how long I'll take to reach out to somebody after I have a first date. There is no set time that's like perfect, or we don't have the three-day rule mm. or the six-day rule or, or uh, whatever swingers and how I met your mother cover it. <laughs> um, we can find a lot of pop culture out there that has quote unquote the right answer, but yeah. there isn't one. Yeah. And when I saw your text message come through, I'm like, okay, that's curious for me. I am actually curious about why she would say that, that like, um, that based on my communication, I think is how you phrased it. Yeah. Like Dave, based on your communication, I feel as if you're not interested, which is an amazing way to approach Mm -hmm. um the closure that you're looking yeah. for or at least that I'm hearing you talk about that you were looking for and I appreciated it and I didn't uh take it offensively or get defensive about it at all um so it's almost like uh the masculine walls can come down a little bit and say like oh now I can get curious of like mm -hmm. why is she saying that I'm curious about why Jess said that and that's that was my response to you it was like I'm curious as to why you would think that or say that Good, good to hear from you. By the way, I was a little nervous about thinking back on like mm. um, hugging you mm -hmm. because we had set boundaries. Maybe we should talk about the boundaries yeah. we set before our first date because I think we kind of skimmed over that. And it's important to this part of the story of like, uh, I asked you before we had our first date of like, hey, what's your comfort level around dating right now? With COVID. Uh, with yeah. COVID. And and you responded with, oh, I'm, I'm completely comfortable with like an outdoor patio. Um, neither of us drink much. Well, yeah. you don't drink hardly at all. Mm -hmm. uh, that wasn't my first go-to date anyways. Yeah. Like, I think one of the things you said to me a couple weeks in, Dave, I appreciated that you didn't drink and you put that in your profile. Yeah. Yeah. So the, now we're backpedaling a little <laughs> bit. But because we kind of skipped over the boundaries we had set, and we were both on the same page about those boundaries. Mm -hmm. And we felt comfortable with uh, the patio coffee date. I shook your hand before we went in because I couldn't hug you. Mm -hmm. But as I walked you to your car and I said, hey, I'll talk to you soon. And then I gave you a hug. Yeah. I was like, damn it, Dave, you did not stick to those boundaries yeah. that, had, <laughs> that we had agreed upon. Yeah. And that had shown so much reciprocal respect for each other. And I think that's really important to highlight in the context of me responding to you and saying, hey, I actually felt a little ashamed that I gave you a hug, that I stepped across boundaries we had set. Yeah. And I think that was in the text message that I sent back to you. Yes, that was part, of, part yeah. of your explaining, maybe not explaining, but just voicing to me why you were waiting. Labeling it, for yeah. A while. I, yeah. Was, I was labeling the shame that I had around yeah. crossing that boundary that we had set. Yeah. And you thanked me for that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. 
you thank me for um, sharing that insecurity, I think is the, is the word that you chose to use. I'm like, oh, that was a little insecurity. More of like coming across open and vulnerable and, mm. and telling you the truth because yeah. I didn't have anything to hide. Yeah. Like, this is why I haven't reached out. <laughs> <laughs> I was ashamed that I gave you a hug and crossed that boundary. Yeah, that was an interesting <clears throat> moment when you hugged me because like I was totally fine that, that you crossed that boundary because I did feel a connection to you. Um, and at the same time, I was surprised because we had talked about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, so I think it ended up being like an awkward side hug because I just <laughs> didn't know like in that moment how to respond. Right. Um, so yeah. Right. And then I'm sure that made you feel like, oh gosh, does she even like me? And then there was like a... <laughs> I don't know if that came up. Um, Maybe you just felt the same thing like, oh, that was yeah. a boundary. <laughs> I think that when people first start dating at any time, but especially at the time frame that we're talking about, September of a global pandemic, of like, I think the first time that you get out there, yeah, you're gonna be nervous about a lot more things than you normally would. Yeah. Of like, yeah, generally you get nervous for the first kiss, which I think we had on our second date, mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, but also like nervous about reading into what that side hug means. It never, mm. even, it never even really crossed my mind. That's good. Yeah, because uh, I had already like experienced the moment with you mm. or the moments of the hour and a half long date mm -hmm. or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, this is just one small moment out of a whole that felt authentic and um, aligned for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the, let's go from there. Like the first conscious moment that we had as an opportunity um, was the text message four days, four days or five days? Cause, uh, <laughs> we had, I go by 24 hours. Uh-huh. So we had a date on Friday, Friday at like afternoon, Saturday, uh -huh. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Friday. It was four, four days. days. So four days. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll eventually, I hope that we get a chance to share the stories that we created from that moment on. Like, mm. cause we've talked about the stories. We talked about your expectations that you created about how many days is appropriate. And then there's other stories that can be created from this experience too. But when we had that first opportunity for consciousness in the text message exchange after, we were able to rewrite some stories mm -hmm. of like, okay, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you and co-create a new story with you mm -hmm. um, from that text message forward mm -hmm. of like, no, it's not necessarily true that I wasn't interested. It was a holiday weekend and I, had other plans mm. and we've talked about that since. <laughs> yeah yeah all right yeah so what are you asking me what? i'm asking um to continue on with our story from that mm. text message forward because you were supposed to go out of town yeah uh, to kansas gonna go to see your mom. mom move you were yeah. gonna help her move yeah, yeah help her move help her back yeah yeah so i was I think the way that it lined up, like you weren't free until later that week and I was leaving Thursday, midweek. Wednesday yeah. or Thursday. And then I wasn't going to be back until like late Sunday or mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And then you weren't free again until maybe the following Thursday. I think so. It was yeah. a long time. Yeah. So <laughs> it was almost two weeks since we are, we are first date. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really wonderful because you recognized that I was like, the communication is not what I expected. And you're like, okay, well, how can I communicate with you over this next, like, while you're visiting mm -hmm. your mom? Mm -hmm. 
like what do you need from me mm -hmm. and that was i were like really thoughtful and i appreciated mm -hmm. it a lot um and i think i just said like just check in a couple days or something um but it was showed like you were interested and heard my needs so that was really wonderful right right definitely i think in that exchange about you heading out of town and our, us trying to plan our second date, I think I was like, oh, you're going to make me wait that long. <laughs> and uh, it was back to that playful banter mm -hmm. of like, okay, we, we got past that first conscious text message exchange and now we're, um, we're planning a second date. And this is another like key moment of consciousness that is a big part of our story that I think can help other people is you're going out of town. That's great. Have a safe trip. Uh, you're helping your mom move. That's awesome. What do you need from me while you're out yeah. of town before our next date? And you just ask for uh, one check-in, I think. Yeah. Check in with me once or twice while I'm gone. Yeah. I'm like, is that it? Like, <laughs> I, I don't have to jump on the phone and have like a two hour phone conversation <laughs> with somebody I've been out once with once. That's all right. I can step up to that need. Absolutely. I can. <laughs> I can meet that. And I think the Saturday while you were gone, I checked in with you. Hey, how's it going moving your mom? Yeah. Yeah, it was perfect. Mm -hmm. And then you came back into town and we had a hiking date planned for a second date mm -hmm. and you were late. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one, the GPS like, took me someplace so weird. I was just in some neighborhood and I'm like, this is not a hiking trail. Like, yeah. It literally stopped me like in front of someone's house. And I was like, this cannot be it. <laughs> And uh, that was not a problem. I mean, I think I had set aside most of that day for the morning hike. And Thursdays are your day off. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have flexibility for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was only like 10 minutes late. Yeah. Something like that. that. Yeah. Good communication. I think you actually called me. Yeah. Uh, to try and find the location. Yeah. Because you made it. Like yeah. you made it. And then we went for a hike. Mm -hmm. And um, had some really good conversation. We did, which, yeah. which can be dicey if you don't like somebody don't ever do a long hike for a first oh. date never oh yeah no. uh -uh. second or third it's 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 still a little risky but like we had those two conscious moments so i felt comfortable with like yeah let's take it to our hike you know um you got to meet chloe for the first time mm -hmm. and she's a great hiking partner and i don't think i'd ever been on that hike without my bike Oh. So like I'd been in that okay. area before near Heritage Square, but never really super comfortable or like with the familiar with the area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what story did I tell you that I'm fond of reflecting <laughs> on? Um, the dog from Never Ending Story. Oh, yes. <laughs> How did that come up? I think maybe you asked me like favorite books or something. Maybe. And the Never Ending Story, at least that's like one of my favorite childhood books. Mm -hmm. Like. Never oh, yeah we can't watch that movie because i'm like i was grown up like watching that movie with family and friends in the 80s of like being traumatized by that big white dog like that's a scary thing for a four or five or six year old and so i shared that story with you like mm -mm. Yeah. it's a no it's a no go yeah you're zone. like we can we can't ever talk about that again mm -mm. i think i made it like a hard no you did yeah and i haven't brought it up since <laughs> And then on that on that second date, it's our it's our next opportunity for miscommunication where it creates a different story for you versus me. Like you shared something personal, 
And I didn't say it loudly enough, but I said, thank you for sharing that. Mm, yes. And your story that was created at that time was like, oh, too much for Dave. I yeah. might not share that again. Yeah. So you shared that, the never ending story. Mm -hmm. And then I shared like a traumatic experience I had. Mm -hmm. I think it was related another, like I had a, I think you related seeing the dog like on the video and then so I related like a song that is really yeah, a true, right. true traumatic experience for me mm -hmm. and you you said thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah. that but I, you were ahead of me on the mm -hmm. hike so I didn't hear you and so all I heard was silence and I was like wow maybe that was too much maybe he was joking about the never-ending story thing maybe he was just like pushing it real far and so I was like oh I'll just change the topic so I did <laughs> yeah and then we got a chance to talk about that later I don't remember how much later we talked about that. It was more recent than, yeah. than you'd expect, but like we get a chance to reflect back on those first few dates as part of our conscious journey too, of like, what was that experience like for you? And then we share it with each other, you know, and then we get the chance to rewrite that story of like, on our first two dates, you just didn't hear me say it out loud. And so, <laughs> my commitment to communicating better now <laughs> is just say it louder, which is really easy for an eight, like really fucking easy for an eight. I'll say it louder. <laughs> How does that work for you? If I just communicate louder? That's fine. I guess we'll see. <laughs> so um, we had our second date and then was our third date, the Denver Central Market pizza night? Or was that our fourth date? Our third date was the picnic in the park. Picnic, walk, and then the Denver Central Market. A walk in Cherry Creek Dog Park, mm -hmm. and then the picnic, and then Denver Central Market. Mm -hmm. Right, so um, let's round out our conversation today with date number three, because otherwise we'll just be talking for like <laughs> seven hours, and no one's going to listen to a seven-hour-long podcast. Maybe. Uh, so I think after our... After our hiking date, I asked for, for clarity on what dating for you looks like during pandemic and COVID. And you came back and said, I'm happy to share. What does it look like for you to have that conversation? And so Thursday, we had the hiking date and Sunday, we went to the dog park. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty quick from second to third date because I wanted to have the conversation and set some boundaries around um, what's work look like for you? What does friends and family look like for you? And then um, we were talking about what does dating look like for each of us? So yeah. we were like setting our first uh, container for the relationship yes. by our third date. Yeah, which is kind of fast, but in the land of COVID, it kind of made sense, at least for us, mm -hmm. because both of us had similar yeah. boundaries around COVID. Yeah, and we weren't talking about putting a label on it. Yeah, no. We were just talking about like, like What's your risk aversion? What do you have committed to work? Yeah. Um, what do I have committed to work? And I think the only few things I had were jujitsu. And then my few clients that I see in person, I was still working out at the park with Vicky and still working out at the park with Lev. So those were pretty safe for me. And then who else? Oh, I just had Steve for a Zoom client and then everybody else was online remote. Yeah. So that was the framework that we set for the dog park at Cherry Creek. Mm -hmm. And we went pretty deep that day too. Oh, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> um, 
we started with The Way of the Superior Man. Oh, yeah. Which we talked, um, you had read it independently. I'd read it maybe a, like a year before we were talking about this for the first time. Yeah. I've read it again since. But um, what was your first impression of that conversation occurring on the second date, talking about masculine feminine energy dynamics? Oh, on the second date? Third date, yeah. Well, we talked about it on the we second did. date, too. I don't, um, I don't really recall how deep we got into that. We talked about um, Rachel and Dave Hollis and kind of related oh, them right. to masculine and feminine. I didn't know they were divorcing or yeah. separating. They're already separated. They're already divorced? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's brutal because they were like... dating someone else. Anyways. Wow. <laughs> do, I, do I even need to like stay up on um, like pop culture at all? I mean, I need to watch the Britney documentary. <laughs> the free britney documentary I didn't know that's the thing. it's on hulu i think like her her dad held her money captive or something like that is like oh it's literally called free britney anyways <laughs> let's talk about a tangent <laughs> so uh, masculine feminine yeah on our second and third date yeah um i actually remember more of the conversation on our second date i think Ref i was refresh talking, my memory i think i was talking about um how there'd been times in my life where my job was very masculine. Oh, that's right. And yeah. I had to be like very much my masculine to do my job well, which was fine. And I also talked about like, my mom has a very masculine approach to work too in a lot of ways and into life in a lot of ways. And so like just mirroring her growing up and not really knowing what the feminine looked like so much. Um, so like relearning all of that. And then I think I think you mentioned that at that point in the conversation, you like felt me going into my masculine or something. And you're like, so you're thinking, I don't know how you balanced me out, but you did. Um, <laughs> do I do I expose all of my tricks right now? <laughs> uh, I think it's really helpful um, in the context of the conversation and, and what our intention for the conversation is today that like this might be too specific. But if we're on a hike together and I'm letting you lead the entire time, that's taking me out of my masculine mm. and putting you in your, your masculine, which mm. is not fair for me to do yeah. if our natural essence is one or the other. Yeah. Like it's not comfortable for me to be in my feminine. So just one small detail of me being in front of you on a single track trail, mm. when it was wide mm -hmm. enough, I think you actually even brought it up of like, um, what did you say? Like, you don't want to, you don't want to walk next to me or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. You call, you called me forward on that. Uh, when it was wide enough to walk next to each other. Yeah. I took it as you wanted me to walk next to you. Mm. Not so much as like calling me out on my BS of like, oh, the man's always got me in front. No, that's not what it was for me. It was like, okay, this is an emotional call. Mm. And now that we know that that's yeah. a, a label and a term that we use in our relationship another part of our conscious story that we can talk about later but um that's what I took it as intuitively yeah okay all right slow the fuck down babe <laughs> this is not a race uh it's just a hike it's supposed to be enjoyable and if she's asking you to walk next to her fucking walk next to her. <laughs> if it's wide enough if it if it lends to it so but it, when it's single track it's appropriate for that you know mm -hmm. um and I was conscious of that moment of like just don't don't make her lead mm, i think is yeah. a better way to frame that but you're welcome to lead in the, in the relationship yeah. and you do a lot you do 
and I appreciate it so much. But on that hike, um, it was important for me to stay in my masculine. And that was one way to do it. The other way, I think if I'm conscious of it and reflecting back on it accurately, is being comfortable with awkward silences. Mm. And that may seem like not applicable, but it's really important that like the masculine energy be very comfortable with awkward silences. Okay. Cause that's, that's part of presence and that's part mm. of consciousness of like when the masculine is talking too much, he's sliding into his feminine. Yeah. And that's like really deep, but it's something to be aware of and conscious of. There's totally a lot of appropriate times when uh, the masculine essence in the relationship slides into his feminine and he needs to talk. Yeah. And that's heteronormative, but that's okay in the context because we're a heterosexual couple. Yeah. So for me, there's times in our relationship, and I want to share this with people, that I have been in my feminine and you've held space in your masculine. And that's yeah. very important, especially yeah. after we started becoming deeper um, not physically intimate, but emotionally and mentally intimate. Yeah. Does that, does that remind you of our second date? Um, it's funny now that you say it, it reminds me that I felt better when you were in front of me than when you were behind me, but I didn't really like register that that's what it was. I think the other thing you kept doing, like when we came to a place where it was like only one of us could pass through, like there are a few forks in the road or something, you always would be like, go ahead. I was like, you go. <laughs> Like you kept doing that maybe because you had Chloe too. Uh -huh. I think was part of it. Okay. Um, which was it was like gentlemanly, but at the same time they're like, but I don't want to leave. Right. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about um that is just a uh, like a hypothetical. If we come to a fork in the road, <laughs> that masculine energy is like gets to make or not gets to, but um that's the role is to make the decision mm. of like, well, which way do you want to go? It's great to have the conversation about it, but the decision, if it's left up to the feminine, that's not gonna be very natural. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be more challenging to create this polarity that we have in our relationship. So if you ask me which way we go, it was my consciousness that said, it doesn't fucking matter which trail you choose, just choose <laughs> And I had to remind myself of that. Like there was the loop at the top mm -hmm. and we could have gone either way and it would have been fine. And neither one of us cared, yeah. I don't think. No. But what the energies care about is who makes the decision. Yeah. To stay grounded and to stay present and then just to keep that polarity. It sounds like so trivial to, to like consider and to be conscious of, but it's important. I agree with that. Thank you for your validation. <laughs> that felt really good. <laughs> uh, so where do we leave off? Well, we were talking about our third date and masculine and mm. feminine yeah and then it's so important to share that that came up on our second date because mm -hmm. that's more of your story than it was of mine yeah so now I get to be a part of that thank you <laughs> mm -hmm. but on our third date we sat uh it was a nice day so you had your shoes off and you were walking through the water but we did mm -hmm. sit next to the water while Chloe did absolutely nothing dog-like <laughs> she just stood there and stared at us like what am I supposed to do instead well, of going to play yeah, yeah Chloe wouldn't play with any of these other dogs that were there it's typical Chloe, but like we sat there and we talked about our opinions of David Data's The Way of the Superior Man. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lunch. I, I remember um, 
like it was good to learn about the masculine purpose and how that kind of should be the center of a man's like life like as much as I am like high up on the priority list like I should not be your whole world and I've been that for people and it's terrible mm. um yeah what does that feel like it feels like I am in charge of your entire happiness which is really not a fun place to be right <laughs> feels familiar to me yeah okay. yeah yeah, yeah um, go on. so but learning like that this purpose uh like like the masculine energy has a purpose and they're lost without that purpose and it guides their whole life and that's what they should ultimately be focused on um to be fulfilled mm -hmm. and happy and so mm -hmm. that brought a lot of clarity to me because it was like okay it's fine if i'm not not their sole focus like it kind of gave me more wiggle room and almost like a side like okay cool like <laughs> that's not something i should seek yeah. out or look for um so that was good and is that is that sigh of relief like a little bit of surrender to be able to be more often in your feminine yeah i guess so yeah because it's definitely letting go of like having to manage all the things and man manage someone else's feelings in a weird way <laughs> i i was uh, i'm so glad you bring that up because i'm listening to um traver bohm the uncivilized podcast and he's talking about that of like the common complaint of the feminine in our modern world is that they have to be bearing the emotional weight of their yeah. masculine partner. Yeah. And that's one of the foundational reasons why things aren't clicking and they're not working out the way that um, maybe psychobiologically they have in the past. So beyond that point, keep going. <laughs> I remember him dividing women into like warm and cold mm -hmm. that was really interesting mm -hmm. so like I feel like I have both of those and I might like generally lean towards one but yeah, I feel like I flow between the two so that was interesting he just he seemed very um black and white in a lot of ways which had its benefits but also there's still like as a woman in this day and age it was just interesting to be like that seems really sexist <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's a common a common complaint about the book. Yeah. And it's a great place to come from when we're actually questioning the things that <clears throat> David Data talks about in the way of the spirit man. Because he's not a credentialed psychologist, mm -hmm. um, which would give him a lot of authority. And if you listen or read the book, at the very beginning there's a disclaimer of like, none of this is to be held as therapy. Mm -hmm. or as psychologically sound principles. Yeah. And I feel a lot like you do that if I were to take a highlighter through the book, maybe 55, 60% of the book would be highlighted. And that's what I would pare it down to. Mm -hmm. I would take out some of the things that he's talking about with the hot and the cold, because yeah. uh, another podcast I was listening to today actually called him out on um, being very racist in that moment because he was using uh, different cultures across the world like from Asia calling them cold or hot or whatever yeah. and it was a good point to your uh, to back up your point of like only consider what resonates with you from the book yeah and if you took away uh, this ability to surrender and a sigh of relief of like 
oh, please let me call into my life a partner who is this <laughs> conscious yeah. of maybe every other line and take out the sexist parts. Yeah. We're not, give, we're not giving the sexism an excuse yeah. or the racism an excuse at all. But now that I've read the book a second time, I have taken away more and embodied more the second time around than the first time around. And I have a lot of gratitude for that. But on our third date, mm-hmm. our conversation, I recall saying, um, I felt that there was a lot of contention that he was contemptuous nature that he was dividing the masculine mm-hmm. and the feminine. And after listening to the podcast episode today that was shared in Man Talks, uh, the podcast hosts uh, labels it as demonizing the feminine, mm. which I wouldn't go that far, but I would certainly, I would certainly highlight the contemptuous nature at which he divides the two. Okay. And we have to acknowledge that within me as a masculine essence, I have feminine and masculine, you have feminine and masculine and data acknowledges that. And that's, I think the primary focal point when you're going into a book like that is acknowledging that I can take what he's saying about the masculine or the feminine and apply it to myself yeah. and look inward. Yeah. Okay. How do I show up in my feminine? A little bit of chaotic sometime. Yeah. I can get moody as a cancer. <laughs> Hell yeah. I can get moody and you can too. And I can be very present and conscious and you can too. So I, I really appreciated that we got the chance to talk about that on our third date. Yeah. But it didn't stop there, did it? <laughs> no, we jumped, yeah. we jumped even deeper because we were talking about um, <clears throat> up until say like recently on the podcast, I've never used the hot buzzwords of personal growth world or self-help mm. world. Things like uh, set a container. Mm. Cause I didn't know what that de- definition was for me. So now that we've established a relationship agreement, which is our container for the relationship to grow, I feel as if I can use that, that language mm, now. Yes. So I'm more comfortable with like, on our third date, my intention was to set a container for where we were going to start. Yeah. And we didn't have to label it exclusive. That's not what we were trying to do. We were trying to set boundaries for the container to grow. And the boundaries we were trying to set are like, what does work look like for you, family and friends for you, and dating look like for you in the COVID era? Mm-hmm. And I'll let you take it from there. What was your experience as we set the relation? Wasn't our relationship agreement? We did that later. Yeah, um, it was. It was kind of a mini relationship agreement. I don't know. It was interesting because we did basically say we were physically exclusive. Yeah, not kissing other people. Yeah. Um, so that was. Like in my mind, I'm like, well, that means we're exclusive. Not, well, not necessarily right? <laughs> like you're my boyfriend, but just like mm-hmm. this is the only person I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, we might as well have. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a little bit of a dance there. There's a little yeah. bit of anticipation and mystery around it too. Yeah. And it was it was too soon, at least in my book, to be like, we're officially together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was but I, I really appreciated, like it, it showed me like, oh, this this man has another level of consciousness of like, how does COVID like play into our relationship and what are our expectations for each other and that and what do we need? Um, I think thankfully we are kind of on the same page right away and there wasn't like, we didn't have to 
know what's the right word. Dance or? Yeah. I think we could actually, this is a really good point that you're bringing up and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I hear you saying or starting to say is describing the avoidant anxious tap, a trap. Like had we tiptoed around this issue of mm -hmm. like setting boundaries, we would have possibly fallen into that trap oh, yeah. of I like you questioning everything, me distancing away from that question. Mm, yeah. And I think that our consciousness and awareness that we brought to the table actually helped us prevent that from happening. So is that where you're going or were you yeah. going somewhere else with that? Um, not quite where it's going but okay definitely i still agree with everything with <laughs> then, then i definitely want to hear what you were going to say before before i put words in your mouth <laughs> um just that our like the level of which we interacted with the world and felt safe in the way we interacted with the world with covid was very similar mm -hmm. and that really helped because people i mean I've, there's a wide variety of what people are comfortable with you have to hopefully you find someone that's kind of in the same realm because otherwise I'm sure you could have some major issues. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you brought up a few examples of like things you were not okay with. And I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any of the specifics. Um, Probably because we were on the same page about it. Yeah, so, something, maybe something like just making out with a random person like every day or something or like oh. just really... <laughs> Yeah, even outside of COVID, I don't know if I'm okay with that. I mean, free love and all, and no judgment, even though yeah. I'm an ENTJ and you're an INTJ. But, <laughs> but we're not putting each other in a box right now. Yeah. Yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more about um, Thursday. <laughs> so that was, I, I guess it was nice to have that mutual agreement. It was nice that you created the container and that you initiated that conversation. Um, especially looking back at our attachment styles, like that was a push for you to be like, okay, I'm going to step up and meet her and lean in mm -hmm. um, instead of just like, well, just pull back and see what she does. <laughs> yeah, that's not very masculine, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it was still, I know that it's still not an easy thing necessarily. So yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm really appreciative that you said taking the lead and creating structure. Yeah. At least that's what I was interpreting you were, yeah. you were talking about there. Again, just like on our second date, when I was leading on the single track, uh, throughout our walk of Cherry Creek Dog Park, there's really wide trails. It was always side by side for us. Mm -hmm. And then when we eventually came around the park to the park bench, still sitting next to each other. In that dynamic, it's still what felt most comfortable for me as the masculine is to set the structure, create the structure for that conversation. And it comes with boundaries for me. Like these are the boundaries that I would like to see. And where do you fit in with? Where, where do you feel that that fits in with you? I think is the best way to say that. Yeah. And what I heard you say is that you were grateful for that. Yes. And I appreciate you being grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, this might sound like a really weird conversation. Like, is this what conscious conversations sound like <laughs> for our audience members? And I would actually acknowledge that this is kind of really commonly how we communicate. Yes. Yeah. We bring some levity to it. Yeah. And then we also bring some, a lot of emotion as well that I don't, I feel it, you know, yeah. between our connection. 
but we're talking about things that we've already processed in our yes. relationship yeah. so that there's fewer emotions that come up say as like if we had talked about this the week after our <laughs> we might have some more emotions yeah especially when we were talking about what kids look like for you and what kids look oh, yeah. like for me on our third date because yeah. for me setting the setting the container creating the container of a relationship that was very important for us to even go to like hey don't make out with anybody else that's outside of my boundaries yeah or maybe i'll rephrase i would appreciate it if you were on the same page about who else you're kissing right now yeah i'm <laughs> not gonna tell you what don't <laughs> don't do this because it's like don't go to work because you're around other people yeah. or don't kiss all these people well okay well, that's a boundary and a need that we both had yeah we just happen to be on the same page but in order to have that conversation and just create that structure we we really did have to have our conversation about kids for the first time yeah that was an intense experience for me um especially because it was the third day so i just was not expecting it um and we had it wasn't uh the exact same view so that was um i guess our first conflict really it was our first difference of um, yeah. life plan, I think. Yeah, ideas, yeah. And um, it's been a long journey. Specifically on that, that, yeah. Yeah, but I would say in that moment, um, like you talked about not wanting any more kids. Mm -hmm. um, and I talked about wanting kids. Mm -hmm. And it definitely like my, my attachment style was like, let's get out of here. <laughs> like I need to go like cry and process this and like figure out what's up. Um, but I was like still in the middle of this date. And so I, um, like I was definitely, I don't know if triggered was the word because I felt like I was able to be like, okay, that's going on the shelf for later and you'll think about it later. And now you're just mm -hmm. gonna like listen to Dave. <laughs> um, so that was a really interesting process because I wasn't sure if I could continue dating you, but then we create, created this agreement of like not, um, not kissing other people <laughs> mm -hmm. and keeping the same boundaries we had around life for COVID. And um, do you want me to share like my whole process? Of yeah, that actually or? that was gonna be my next question of like, it helps us answer one of our, um, one of our small group members. Cause I asked them to submit some questions in anticipation for this conversation of like, they've heard a little bit about you yeah they've seen it on social media and they're like really curious about who you are and who we are together so mm -hmm. um, one of our small group members asked like what was it about this relationship that helped you make the choice mm -hmm. and i think that your next part of the story yeah is going to help answer that question in a really vulnerable way yeah and i would really appreciate it if you did um, okay. share a little bit about how you how you process that decision yeah, so I, um, kids were something that I've never been 100% sold on. I never was like, I'm going to have all the kids and get married. Like, I, it was never like a yes or no for me. It was just like, eh. And then the past few years, um, I started using it as this motivator to, to develop a healthier lifestyle and be more committed and dedicated to myself. And it was this beautiful, like, you're going to become this person for these people that might come show up later. I'm like, cool, I can do that. Like it was just this good driving force. Um, but up until processing it with you, I, I saw it as like, 
I have to be a mother now because that's how I'm going to be that person. Um, and so, and also how I'm going to like share my healing and love with the world. Cause I feel like it's only through healing that you can help other people heal. Um, maybe not. That's not necessarily I think that's true. a really great way to say but, it yeah. in this context. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, so I, like, we had that discussion and I was pretty like, yeah, I want kids. And you were like, I don't want kids. <laughs> <laughs> all on, all on the third date. Yeah, all on the third uh -huh. date. Um, Put your shoes back on. It's time to go. Yeah. And it was still a beautiful date. Like the rest of the day was really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I went home and was processing it and was really kind of torn up because I was like, I probably shouldn't stay with this person if this is what I want and want something else. And I had been like praying on it a lot and just thinking about it, journaling about it. Um, and then I was on my front porch and part of, I don't know if I even told you this part, but part of life book, one of the things they talk about in the relationship portion is, um, what would happen if you gave 110% for the next six months, like showed up full force, no matter what in your relationship, whatever it is, no matter what's going on, like just do that. And then, um, and then go from there. Like just see what changes with that kind of dedication. And, and I was just still really on the fence. I was like, I don't know if I should stay with this person or not. And I was praying about it. And I was like, God, just give me a sign that what, like, if I should continue to be in this relationship and commit like 110% to it. And on our hike, we had seen, well, I had seen, I don't think you saw it, um, a blue jay. And I saw it several times throughout the hike. And then I was sitting on my front porch and there are these bluebirds playing in like the little lawn area of my apartment complex. And so I like asked, God to send me a sign and this bird flies up onto the railing right, right in front of me, hops like all the way around, jumps onto the bike that's right next to me and is literally like I could like reach out and just touch him if I wanted and he like squawks at me. Mm. I'm like, okay then, like <laughs> totally sold and I just like started crying. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, well God was definitely like this is who you should be with. Mm -hmm. And there was then like all doubt or like question was gone. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, all yeah. right, I'm staying. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the process, and it was hard to share that with you because like we're three dates in yeah. and like this is how I came to that conclusion and it's very spiritual based and it's very vulnerable. And it's also saying like, I really like you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was a lot for me to share. Um, but also really wonderful to just be like, okay, that's it. I got the clarity I needed. Um, and I'm in this hundred percent. So mm -hmm. that's what I move forward with. Mm -hmm. Um, do you want me to continue with like the rest of the journey with children or is that no, I think, now? I think we'll table it for now. Okay. Um, but I do want to kind of like acknowledge what you said earlier about this is our third date and it feels like early to talk about yeah. this conversation but in you sharing that that was very beautifully recounted mm -hmm. I remember a lot of that I don't know if I remember that one detail yeah um so thanks for bringing that <laughs> bringing that to me today um 
What's important is that this conversation is most likely best earlier than later. Like on our third date, if you're coming up against uh, a life path that you had thought you'd always wanted, and then you meet somebody you care about and their life path is totally different, then it's most beneficial to determine that earlier than later. Because if we have this conversation for the first time six months in, your ability to process and my ability to give you space to process that is going to be so much different. Yeah. Not better or worse, just a whole lot harder and a whole lot more different. Yeah. And so to reiterate why there's no exact timeline for anything, the third date, if it's appropriate for the two of us to have that conversation, then it's appropriate for us. Yeah. And we're not saying that on the third date, you have to have the kids conversation. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. But like, we were already establishing a container. Mm -hmm. You're one container, I'm a container. And then the relationship is a container too. Um, we're doing that for the first time. And it was important for us to work our way through that together. Yeah. And that's why it's important. And then we'll, the next time we connect on the podcast, because I'd love to have you back. This would be a lot of fun <laughs> to expand on our story. Uh, then we can go a little bit further into our relationship. And before I let you go, I want to ask Manny's question. Okay. Because Manny submitted a question that was really great. Of how many dates in did you feel safe in this relationship? We talked about safety before the relationship of like, I was respectful in communicating by the app. Mm -hmm. um, you didn't feel any creepy vibes. We're yeah. not talking about like physical safety. Yeah. Manny, I believe, is he, he's asking about emotional safety. Emotions. Maybe some mental safety there too. Yeah. That's a hard, hard one because I feel like it is still expanding. Like I don't feel like, like I think I reach like, oh yeah, I could tell Dave anything, and then something else goes into like, okay, I got to push through this one, and then I got to <laughs> tell him this. So it's like a, a never-ending process mm -hmm. of finding different emotional levels within myself to share with you and just things that I'm like oh that was like a thing I needed to push through and I didn't even know it mm -hmm. um and I think part of it is like the container that we create together and how we both show up and how you show up for me and and part of it is me just recognizing where I'm holding back and pushing through right um so that's a tough one I guess emotional safety like what I just said yeah. sums it up. I, I really, just, I, I agree. I mean, I feel yeah. very safe now. <laughs> um, but maybe not after that third date of there wasn't a whole lot of safety. Yeah. Because uh, no. there was more question marks than there were yeah. answers at that time. I would time. say at least a couple months in before I felt like, okay. I would, I would agree with you yeah. that, that, that based on our conversations a couple months in, that, yeah. was, that was what I felt you, yeah. were, um, you were surrendering. Yeah. To use a word that we've talked about today. Um, I would agree with that, that a couple months in for you. Yeah. And if we were seeing each other once a week, mm. I think for the first few weeks. Yeah. And then we, we uh, checked in with each other on our needs. Yeah. And I think I might've been the first person that said, Hey, I'd like to see you a second time mm -hmm. every week. How does yeah. Thursday and Saturday work for you? And we've been really consistent with Thursday, yeah. Saturdays, minus some COVID testing in the middle. Uh, <laughs> I think that's an important follow-up podcast episode on, on the safety. Mm, like that conversation yeah. we had around your first COVID test was a really safe moment for us both. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, but if I could answer Manny's question, it was a progress, a progression of safety for me. Like every time that I took a leap and chose to set a boundary or chose to, um, I've talked about this with Jason Polk on the podcast of risking the relationship. On our third date, I risked the relationship by saying, this is my definition of my life path. It doesn't include kids. And you came back and you said, okay, that works for me. It was incrementally like getting safer and safer for me the whole time. Yeah. You know, and for the Enneagram to come back into the conversation of like, that's how a challenger works. It's like, they're going to just like tiptoe a little bit at a time. <laughs> of like, I'm going to put this out there and what am I going to get in return? And I'm going to put that out there. And then it's like Brene Brown t- t- says it very well, like, dripping uh dripping information about yourself but also taking every opportunity you can to set a personal boundary that that is really important to you yeah i felt like it was really important to me to set a boundary about who you who you're kissing on the third date who i'm kissing on the third date and from there i got a more sense of safety so hopefully that answered manny's question i appreciate him (laughs) um you know, he's a part of our relationship too. We went, we went and <laughs> saw him true. at the restaurant. That was like one of our only date nights out. It was definitely um, to celebrate the opening of that restaurant. So, yeah. um, thank you very much, Jess, for coming to be my partner in crime <laughs> on the on the episode. Would you you want to come back and follow up on this conversation? Sure. Yeah, I'd love that. Okay. Thanks. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. I know that was a lot of information to digest as it comes to dating during a global pandemic, understanding your Enneagram type, learning more about your attachment style, as well as what it looks like and sounds like to be in a conscious partnership. If you found a lot of value in today's episode, please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with one person that you feel would get a ton of value out of today's conversation. We love connecting with our audience members on Instagram. So if you're not following us yet, please do so on Instagram at Believe, Be Real, Be Bold. Until next week, this is Dave Glazer in Denver, Colorado, wishing you health and happiness wherever you're at in the world.